mindset, performance, science, transforming communication, perspective, and boundaries. Welcome to the Redefining Success Show with Aaron Jewell. And now, here's your host, Aaron Jewell. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about are you the victor or the victim? Victim. <laughs> are you the victor or the victim? And this solo cast is primarily inspired by a coaching conversation I had earlier today. I'm part of an all men coaching group. Well, there's actually now one other woman. Thank goodness. Love the diversity and inclusion. And it's a really phenomenal group of humans. I've, I've only been in the group for a set of months now. And some of these men I've known for a really long time. And we had this conversation that led to the discussion of the Cartman drama triangle. So for those of you who are not familiar with the Cartman drama triangle, there are three points. Shocker. One is the persecutor or bully or predator. One is the martyr or rescue, rescuer. And then the third is the victim, also known as that, that person who is helpless. So there are a few details to this. Essentially, the context of the conversation was there was a share and there was an immediate response to that share. It was a, it was a share that evoked emotions in, and the response was a desire to help the person who had just shared. And just to take a, a step back, so I went through this MBSRT certification, mindfulness-based stress reduction therapy certification some years back. And there was this exercise that we did where we sat across from each other and I had to share something really challenging that I had walked through. And so did the person across from me. And we were instructed to, at the very end of that share, we were instructed to say, thank you for sharing. And that was it. We weren't able to say anything like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you went through that. Or how can I support you? Or what can I do? We were simply instructed to make good eye contact and say, thank you so much for sharing. And then when we shared our story, the other person was also instructed to do the very same thing. Okay. So as you can imagine, hearing this at first, it seems kind of almost like inhumane because it's like, wait a second. What if somebody shares a story about, you know, rape or some big T trauma that I really want them to understand that I feel for them, that I feel bad for them, or maybe Maybe there's some way I can help them or some way I can make them feel better. So anything I just said in the last 10 to 15 seconds is toxic, in fact. So the drama triangle talks about this and it says, if I'm, I'm in a room and somebody is either acting as the persecutor or as the rescuer, it automatically makes me the victim. And this is a little bit hypothetical or, or maybe extreme, and maybe it's not quite this black and white. But essentially, if I share something and somebody responds with, I want to be able to help you, or I feel bad for you, or 
oh my gosh, that's terrible. What they are potentially doing is they are making me small or trying to make me small or trying to keep me small. And there are layers and layers and layers to this. So we're not going into any of that today. We're just going to call attention to a possibility that happens during an interaction. So those of you out there who identify as being the rescuer, myself included, I have certainly identified as this having this role. There's a really good chance that there's a lot of people around you that feel like a victim. There's a really good chance that unbeknownst to you, even though it's not your intention, there's a lot of people in your ecosystem who might feel less than around you. And in fact, as you continue to show up for them as the rescuer, you are confirming that story that they have. You are essentially saying, I am here to take care of you. I am here to help you. I know best and it keeps you small. That a lot of times is how the dynamic starts to really unfold in those types of situations. It's almost like a parent-child situation, except it's not between a parent and a child. It's just that dynamic that I know best. And we do this all the time. And the victim has a part. The victim plays a role in this because the victim allows that story to play out. The victim says, oh, yes, I do need help. What I'm doing is wrong. You know better than me. Now, am I saying this is all situations? Of course not. This is many situations, though. It happens all the time. And we are completely unaware of it because what has been reaffirmed, and as you can see, I'm going to focus primarily today on the rescue, rescuer and not the persecutor, mostly because it's what I connect with more. We are, we've had that story affirmed for us so many times in our lives. We've been known as the rock. We've been known as the fixer. We've been known as the rescuer. That it, it becomes part of our identity. It becomes part of what we really connect with and we really tie into. And we think it's a good thing. We, we see it as a gift. And in fact, in a lot of ways, it is when it's conducted in such a way that doesn't create dependency, it is. But what happens when we keep somebody small and we tell them that they're a victim? We keep them in their hole when we do that. We keep them in a hole that they're going to have a difficult time climbing out of. Oh, let me take care of this because you can't. And it doesn't even have to be that obvious. Think about work situations. Think about work situations. Do you have somebody at work that you tend to go through, go to for help? Do you find yourself asking that person for help with things that you probably could figure out on your own, but you know that it feels good to that person when you go to them and you ask them for help? It's a way to connect. It's a way to relate. It's a way to bond with that individual. So you might ask them for help with things that you wouldn't normally ask help for. Or the flip side, what if your story is that you are always asking for help and people find that endearing about you or people find that cute or people find that um, sweet, right? Uh, the, or, you know, maybe even sometimes it's confused as being that person that's in a learning mindset, always asking the questions, always curious. Maybe it's confused as curiosity. Maybe when it's healthy, it is curiosity, and when that line gets crossed, it becomes codependency or dependency. I need you to help me so that you feel, so that I feel attended to, I feel heard, 
I feel like I matter and I have a role because I know that the role I'm filling is that you like to feel needed. So it's this loop that gets created. And why do we care about any of this? Well, because it can cause damage. It can cause damage in relationships. It can cause uh, damage in somebody's personal story and journey. So as somebody who's been both the rescuer and the victim, and we'll get into the persecutor here in a few minutes, I can tell you that it has toxic effects. And now as a coach, I have to be conscious because I have a desire sometimes to help my clients. I have a desire sometimes to take my coaching hat off and mentor or guide and, you know, I'm not doing anybody any good by, by doing that, in particular, when it's unsolicited. How often has somebody shared a personal challenge with you and your response is advice when that person never even asked for it? Or... Do you know somebody at work that's coming to you and asking you for help? And do you find yourself thinking, you know, they could probably figure this out. Why is it that they come to me asking me for help? What is, what are they, why are they doing that? Well, is it possible that you identify with being the helper? Is it possible that you identify as being the rescuer? You know, the funny thing is about this whole triad is everybody has a part a role that's, that's being played, a need that's being met. So let's talk about the persecutor, the bully. And I'm just looking at, you know, one of the explanations here, blames others for all problems, criticizes, dominating, puts others down, angry, resentful, Rule oriented has all rights while other while others have none. I love that last one. That's kind of my favorite. Has all rights while others have none. I can tell you that I have definitely found myself in the role of the persecutor before. I have all the rights while others have none. In particular, when I feel there's a wrong that's been done, possibly against my gender. And where I feel like I have felt like I get to have the floor and I have all the rights. And, you know, it's it's interesting because that can be hard. You know, if, if we've walked through something challenging, if we've experienced trauma that somebody else has not, sometimes we feel like, you know, we do have the floor. And in a way we do. And that's healthy. Where it becomes unhealthy is that moment when I stop listening. So, you know, honestly, in the context of a coaching relationship, I'd have to really think about that because I haven't explored that too much in the context of a coaching relationship. You know, I think maybe actually now that I think about it, Someone as a coach who's very rule and uh, rule oriented or domineering, dominating, 
blaming others for all problems. So I might be a coach. If I'm a persecuting coach, I might be a coach who says, you know, I'm, I'm blaming the client for any actions entirely, or I'm bringing shame to the client, or I'm belittling the client, or I'm discounting the client. And the client in return feels less than putting them in victim mode. So I think these are some examples of a persecuting human and just in the context of coaching, how that might show up. But I think there's probably a lot of examples outside of the coaching context that maybe some of you are thinking of now. You know, have you ever, I, you know, what I think of when I think of persecutors, I think of that self-righteousness, right? My, my way is the best way. My way is the better way. I think of the, the self-righteousness that can come to us along our path when we are learning a new method or something that works for us. And all of a sudden we think that that's a method that works for everyone, right? And including our clients, our friends, our children, our parents, our peers, our leaders. So a persecutor is somebody who bullies, dominates, they are rule oriented. Their way is the best way. Potentially, I see this kind of unfolding along the path of the persecutor. So coming back to the original title of this, this solo cast, victim or victor, how do we shift? How do we become that person that feels like they are thriving? How do we shift out of victim into victor? Forget about the persecutor, forget about the rescuer. Those, those people will, those personalities will forever exist, at least in our lifetime. So there's nothing we can really do about that. What we can do is we can change how we respond, right? So how can I go from feeling like the helpless victim to the victor? It's a choice, right? It's a choice. I can choose at that moment when that person says, I want to help you, I feel bad for you, how sad that you went through that. I can choose to not let that make me small. I can choose for that to be a form of empowerment, a reminder that I am not small, that every step I've taken has made me the woman that I am today, that I am not victim, I am victor. And, and I can choose that path because I know that that's the path of expansion and that's the path I want to be on. I don't want to be kept small here. If you do not want to be kept small in those moments when people say things to you that keep you in a hole, when people pity you or feel sorry for you or tell you that their way is the best way, in that moment, you can make a choice to say, I do not accept that. I do not accept that you want to see me stay small. I choose to drop any shame associated with this situation and the choices I've made. And I choose to use it as a learning and move on. You know, it's about being future focused with a lot of this. You know, a lot of times when we feel like the victim, it's because we've made some mistake in our past that we have more than just guilt about. We've allowed it to define us to some extent as a human. Well, 
our steps do not define who we are as humans. They define parts of our path. However, in any given moment, we have a choice to show up powerfully as victor or victim. And it is simply a choice. It's a choice to say, I am victorious today. I am here to grow. I am here to expand. And my story is inspiring. Right. My story, my story is inspiring for me or others. And the other thing that we can do to shift from victim to victor is to not show up as the rescuer and to not show up as the persecutor, which, by the way, some of us do that. Some of us do that as a coping mechanism. We don't want to be the victim. We don't want to be the victim. So we've got to go somewhere on that triangle. Right. Well, I don't want to be the victim, so I guess I'll be the rescuer. Uh, I don't want to be the rescuer or the victim, so I guess I'll be the, the persecutor, the dominating one. And we just bebop around the three sides of that triangle all day long. So choose today to be the victor. Choose to release a desire to sit on that triangle somewhere. Step away from the victim. Step away from the rescuer. Step away from the persecutor and be that compassionate human being that I know you are. And hopefully setting the intention, you know, you are and be victorious until the next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, visit AaronJewelConsulting.com.